Hello, everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me Halloween Edition. That is right, it is October, which means every Monday there's going to be a Halloween-themed episode and also a bonus Halloween episode coming out every Thursday. This is Fantasize Me, baby, the podcast where I take characters real or imagined and fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz, and today, to kick off this Halloween season, we are going to be turning... Winifred Sanderson into a D&D character. Now, Winifred Sanderson, as you probably know from the title of this episode, is from the Disney film Hocus Pocus, which is one of my favorites. I watch it every year in October, and one of the reasons I love it so much is because Bette Midler plays Winifred Sanderson, and I love Bette Midler, the divine Miss M. I mean... What's not to like? I'll watch whatever she's in. So of course I'm gonna love Hocus Pocus. She's like a she's like a spooky funny witch. It's great. So for those of you who don't know what Hocus Pocus is, it is a Disney movie about three sisters who lived in a cottage on the outskirts of Salem, Massachusetts in the late 1600s. And as we all know, or at least some of us, this is when the Salem witch trials occurred, in which women were executed for being witches. Not just women, men were tried too and executed as well. I'm reading here, okay, on the Disney wiki, all right? At some point in her life, Winifred and her sisters, they sold their souls to Satan in exchange for magical powers and a spell book. And you know, you know the spell book. In the movie, she she calls it, she's all like, book. You know how she does that? Like, book, you know? Anyway, so I'm reading here now that rather than getting the spell book from Satan, the sisters inherited the book from a forest enchantress. What? Okay. And the Enchantress took the sisters in as her apprentices after they were falsely accused by their home community for practicing witchcraft and they were subsequently banished. From what I'm reading here, the Sanderson sisters were not practicing witchcraft, but they were still accused of it and then banished from their home community. So to kind of get back at that community, they did go and learn witchcraft which I love. I don't know the truth in what I'm reading because they don't mention that at all in the movie. I'm not sure where that comes from, but it is intriguing. So I'm gonna tell you about it. So Winifred herself, she's very smart. She is very smart because the three of them, the Sanderson sisters, are tried for witchcraft, which at this point they are absolutely practicing. They are stealing children and killing them to absorb their youth so they can stay young forever. They are tried, they are sentenced, they are hanged. But when they are being hanged, they utter a spell so that on Halloween night, if a virgin were to light the black flame candle, the three of them would come back to life. And, you know, that's exactly what happens in the movie. A virgin, Max Dennison, lights the black flame candle on Halloween, and the three of them come back to life. And you can really tell how intelligent Winifred is, because they were killed in this late 1600s, like 1690s probably. And she's back now in the early 90s, you know, 1990s, so gone like 300 years. She She's so quick to adapt to literally everything. Like they see, they see a road, her and her sister see a road, and they're like, it's a lake. So she pushes her sister onto it and sees if she drowns. And her sister says, "'Tis firm," you know? And so Winifred's like, "'Oh, it's a road.'" And then they see a bus, and she's like, "'Oh, it's transportation.'" And even at some point, the, the Disney wiki suggests she might have just like magical access to knowledge because at one point she is flying her broom alongside Max Dennison, the kind of protagonist of the story. And Winifred says, 
Pull over, let me see your driver's permit. Which, there were no driver's permits in 1693. Driving vehicles weren't even around then, and she just kind of knew what it was. She could have this otherworldly knowledge, or she might have just learned what that was when she was alive, but she's very intelligent and very cruel and jealous as well. When her flame, her bow, her bay, honestly, if I can say that, William Billy Butcherson, okay, this handsome, dashing man who she was in a relationship with, cheated on her with her youngest sister, Sarah, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. She flies into a rage and she poisons Billy and then sews his mouth shut so he can't spill her secrets even in death. Absolutely savage. And also, specifically, she sewed his lips shut with a dull needle. Just, just because, I don't know if he was dead at this point or not, but just on principle, she used a dull needle. So she's very intelligent, very cruel and jealous, and she's very youth obsessed. Her goal and the goal of her sisters are to capture children and then suck the life right out of them. Throughout the movie, that is their goal because they are back for one night only, just Halloween. And what they have to do, they have to drink the youth from the children in order to keep living past that one night. So they get very close a few times. So Max, his younger sister, Danny, and Max's crush, Allison, managed to defeat them at pretty much every turn. But it was pretty touch and go there for a minute. Also, also, uh, they refer to Allison's yabos. <laughs> Danny's like, yeah, Max likes your yabos, which I'm pretty sure just means titties. It's a wild movie. I am kind of all over the place when describing it, partly because I'm so excited, but partly because the movie is truly wild. So I'm, I'm just going to get into it. I'm just going to make her into a D&D character. You get it. You know who she is. She's a witch. It's Bette Midler. In which form? So we are going to start with background. Who was Winifred Sanderson before she was Winifred Sanderson? <laughs> Let's find out together. So first up, I'm thinking maybe Acolyte, because she was a follower of the devil, or, or perhaps, like I read, she may have inherited the book from a forest enchantress and kind of followed them, but an Acolyte is kind of like a religious follower. And Satan is part of a religion. A lot of religions do have a devil figure. So I am thinking of Acolyte. I don't think Acolyte is fitting for her, you know, in the movie. But as a background, I think she, she was an Acolyte. She was an Acolyte of Satan. And potentially, you know, this forest enchantress that I know nothing about and might not actually exist. If someone... If someone knows where that's from, let me know, because I, I really don't think that's in the movie. And I haven't seen the second movie, Hocus Pocus 2, because it is not out yet. By the time this episode releases, it will be out, but at the time of recording, it's not out yet. And also, I didn't want to take things from that movie because it would be so new and it would just be full of spoilers. That would suck, so just Hocus Pocus. But anyway, yeah, let me know if you know anything about the Forest Enchantress. I am going with Acolyte, is, <laughs> is the gist of it. So as an Acolyte, she's going to gain skill proficiencies in insight and religion, as well as two languages of her choice. So we're going to pick those languages once we pick her race, so we know what she's lacking in. But school proficiencies and insight in religion, that's great. She gotta be insightful if she's going to be the leader of her sisters. And also religion is very useful because it'd probably be good for her to know a lot about her master, the devil. So perfect there. Oof, I haven't recorded in, in like a month because I've been in Europe and now I'm currently in the process of moving. So I've just been very busy and I am very scattered. I apologize. Hopefully as this episode goes, it will be more structured because my podcast does have a 
does have a structure to it, I promise. So now that we have background, let's go to race. What race is fitting for the inimitable Winifred Sanderson? Let's see. Something spooky. Or I guess we can make anything spooky. Ooh, how about lizard folk? She can just like bite people. You know what I mean? <laughs> is that is that anything? Because lizard folk or or because because she she essentially eats children, right? She steals their life force. She doesn't actually consume any you know meat, but she does. She she eats children. So I feel like a lizard folk because they have the ability to bite. Uh, they they have that as a natural weapon. I'm pretty sure I also made SpongeBob a lizard folk. So, just get, just getting wild. Ooh, oh maybe a Janassi. You know, I I feel like actually Janassi would be would be fitting. Let me. Okay, okay. But which one though? I think I'm going to go with Air Janassi. I'm going to be using the Monsters of the Multiverse version. She's going to get plus two to one ability score and plus one to another ability score. She's going to have the ability Unending Breath. So she can hold her breath indefinitely while she's not incapacitated. She also is going to have lightning resistance, which gives her resistance to lightning damage, which makes sense because that's exactly what it says it will do, you know? And I think this is fitting because she's shown to have lightning powers. She can shoot lightning from her fingertips, like freaking Emperor Palpatine up in here. And she can even use that electricity to move things around. Like, she kind of toys with Max Dennison by electrocuting him and then, like, throwing him up against the wall with electricity. So I think having resistance to lightning damage makes a lot of sense for her. She's also going to know some spellcasting. So she's going to know the Shocking Grasp Cantrip, which, again, makes sense because she has that electrical powers. Then at third level, she's going to be able to cast the Featherfall spell once with this trait. And then at fifth level, she's going to be able to cast the Levitate spell once with this trait. And once she casts it with this trait, she can't cast the spell again that same way until she finishes a long rest. But she just knows those spells, so she can use spell slots if she has them of the appropriate level. What's cool about Monsters of the Multiverse is... She can choose what her spellcasting ability is for those spells. Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma. And I think we are going to go Intelligence. I think she is very, very intelligent. So Intelligence is going to be her spellcasting ability for Shocking Grasp, Featherfall, and Levitate. I think those are fitting because she can fly on brooms. So being able to levitate, being able to slow her descent, very useful. For languages, she is going to know common and one of her choice. So she's going to know common, one of her choice from Aerogenacity, two of her choice from Acolyte. Let's do common, demonic, infernal, and primordial. So now that we have background Acolyte and race Aerogenacity, we can roll for stats. That's when you take a d6, a six-sided die, roll it four times, drop the lowest number, and add up the remaining three to get one of her six ability scores. Okay, so we're going to do that six times. Okay, so I rolled for our girl, Winnie, and she did pretty well. She, she, she did pretty well. She got 12, 16, 14, 17, 13, and 10. She got nothing under 10. That means she's going to have no negative modifiers. That's beautiful. So now that we have that, let's slot them into where we think they should go. What is going to be her highest stat? Well, I've been talking about how intelligent she is. So I think I'm going to throw that 17 into there. That is a plus three modifier. Next is 16. This is a tough one because I do think she's very wise, but she's also crazy charismatic too. She even has an ability where she can hypnotize people with her voice. Not the same way her sister Sarah can, but there's a part in the movie where she is at this big Halloween party and she steps up on stage and she sings the song, I put a spell on you. You know the one. I put a spell on you. And now you're mine. 
that one, but Bette Midler sings it. So of course it's so good. Oh, and she sings it like as winner. She's just so talented. And Kathy Najime, which plays her sister, Mary and Sarah Jessica Parker, who plays her sister, Sarah sing backup. And it's so good. I love it. But anyway, she uses this song to cast a spell on all of the people at this party, at this venue here. And the spell is essentially uh, dance until you die. And so they just keep dancing. Fortunately, when the kids are able to defeat the Sanderson sisters and kill them, the spell ends before any of the people can dance themselves to death. But she does have this magical charisma, which is so impressive. So I think I am going to put that 16 into charisma. So that is also going to be a plus three modifier. Man, everything I say here is so long-winded. I really need to just get to the point, right? Okay, next highest is 14. Let's put that into wisdom. So 14 wisdom, that's going to be a plus two modifier. So still pretty good there. Then we have a 13. I am going to put that 13 into constitution. That's a plus one modifier. And I'm putting it there because constitution helps to determine hit points. I wouldn't say that Winifred Sanderson is uh, like a pushover in that regard, you know? I, I feel like she can, she can take some damage. She has like this magical endurance. And she also does seem to have this magically enhanced strength, like this supernatural strength. So I'm going to put the next highest number, a 12, into strength, which is also a plus one modifier. That leaves 10 for dexterity, which I think is fine. She doesn't seem like the most dexterous because she doesn't have to be. She's magic. She can fly around. Who needs to be dexterous when you got a broom? That's what I always say. You've probably heard me say that on other episodes of this podcast. Let's not forget that she's going to gain a plus two and a plus one to one of those ability scores. So I think I'm going to put a plus two into charisma to bump that up to an 18 and a plus one into intelligence to bump that up to an 18 as well, making both intelligence and charisma plus four modifiers. That's great. Under normal circumstances, the highest any ability score can get is 20, and she is starting at first level with two of them at 18. Oh, Winifred, stop it. <laughs> I know she's not going to, though. Her starting stats are 12 strength, 10 dexterity, 13 constitution, 18 intelligence, 14 wisdom, and 8 tying charisma. Ugh. So good. Now let's see what class she is going to start in. Obviously, it's going to be Warlock. She sold her soul to Satan in order to get powers. That is a classic Warlock move there. So as a first level Warlock, she's going to gain proficiency in light armor and simple weapons, in wisdom and charisma saving throws, which I feel like wisdom and charisma saving throws aren't used a ton, but the spells that require those saving throws are usually pretty dangerous, like Banishment, Charm Person. So good to have proficiency in that. She's also going to gain two skills to be proficient in from Arcana, Deception, History, Intimidation, Investigation, Nature, and Religion. Well, she already has religion. So I think we're going to go Arcana because she's a witch. She's magic as hell. She's, she's dripping with the arcane. And also, I am going to do Intimidation. Because she's spooky. She's spooky, too. <laughs> okay. So, Intimidation. Oh, beautiful. Okay, giving her those extra proficiencies. Oh, she's so talented already. I love her. So, as a first-level Warlock, she is going to pick her subclass. Which makes a lot of sense, because... It's hard to be a warlock without having a patron. That's kind of like their whole thing. So for her patron, she is going to pick the fiend. Because her patron's just the devil. He's from hell. So as a warlock of the fiend, she's going to know some spells because warlocks are spellcasters. We're going to get into that in a moment. But when she learns a warlock spell, she can learn some additional spells. She has an expanded spell list to choose from. I like burning hands and command. I think command would actually be very fitting for her. So that kind of powerful, charismatic hypnotism of hers would uh, be brought out with that spell. 
She's also going to gain the ability at first level called the Dark One's Blessing. Now, when Winifred reduces a hostile creature to zero hit points, she's going to gain temporary hit points equal to her charisma modifier plus her warlock level. Charisma modifier is plus four, warlock level is one. So whenever she reduces a hostile creature to zero hit points, she's going to gain five temporary hit points. I really like this because she kills something to heal herself. That's her whole thing. She eats children to get younger. We already have that reflected in her build. I love that. So now spellcasting, she's going to have Pact Magic, which is different from the spellcasting every other spellcasting class has, where she only has a small amount of spell slots, but each of them are going to be at the same level, which is different from regular spellcasting that has kind of tiers, different levels of spell slots for different levels of spells. She just got the one thing. She can just blast, you know? So she's going to know two cantrips of her choice from the Warlock spell list. There's a lot of good ones there. Uh, like, there's a lot of good ones there. Like, Lightning Lure is very fitting for her. She essentially lashes someone with lightning energy and then can pull them towards her, which helps with that electrical telekinesis ability that she has. And also maybe Thunderclap to blast out some thunderous sound. I don't know, something fun like that. So her spellcasting ability for these is going to be Charisma. So her spell save DC, or what a target needs to equal or beat to resist the effects of her spells, is going to be 8, plus her proficiency bonus, plus her Charisma modifier. Proficiency bonus at first level is plus 2, Charisma modifier is plus 4, so that's a spell save DC of 14. That's, that's real good for first level. Her spell attack modifiers, proficiency plus charisma. So that is plus six to spell attack modifiers. Let's go second level in uh, Warlock. She is going to gain Eldritch Invocations. So she's going to learn two of her choice. These are things that are special for warlocks, where their patron essentially just gives them knowledge. So the ones I want her to have currently are Devil's Sight, so she can see normally in darkness, both magical and non-magical, to a distance of 120 feet. And I just like the idea that Winifred Sanderson can see in the dark, because that has not been, that's not reflected yet. She doesn't have dark vision. Well, now she has, ha ha ha, goddamn Devil's Sight. I love that. I also am going to give her the Eldritch Invocation, Eyes of the Runekeeper. So now she can read all writing. I like that for Winnie because she has her magical book, her magical spell book, and she seems to have some sort of book magic. She can communicate with her book. She can sense its location. She can call it to her. She has an ability to make it flip to the exact page she needs. So just this affinity for books and reading. I, I think it would be cool for her to be able to read every language. Because, I mean, chances are, she can. Let's go third level in Warlock. She is going to gain a Pact Boon. So, her patron has bestowed a gift upon her for her loyal service. And it's gotta be Pact of the Tome. There, there, there aren't really any other options for her. Because this is exactly what happened. The devil gave her a book. Or a forest enchantress. Whatever. So through Pact of the Tome, she gets a grimoire, which, as I've mentioned multiple times, Winifred Sanderson has. So this is perfect. When she gains the Pact of the Tome and her grimoire, she can choose three cantrips from any class's spell list to learn. And as long as her book is on her, she can cast those cantrips at will, and they're not going to count against the number of cantrips she knows. So... Boom, she just gained another three cantrips. Any cantrips she desires, she can have. I think we are going to go to... Let's see, for fourth level, we are going to multi-class. So she is now a third level warlock and a first level wizard. Because, yeah, warlocks have some magic, but not enough. Wizards are full casters. They get the full range of spells and spell slots once they are strong enough. So I think giving her extra magic is very fitting for a witch. So as a wizard, guess what? 
she's going to gain spellcasting. So she's going to know three cantrips of her choice from the wizard spell list. So in addition to the three from her Pact of the Tome and two from being a warlock, she has eight cantrips. And, oh my god, she has freaking shocking grasp cantrip from being an air genasi. So she has nine cantrips. It's awesome. Another cool thing I'm going to do. So wizards traditionally, they keep all of their spells in a spell book. Like there's a whole list of rules for preparing and casting spells from your spell book, how to copy spells into your spell book and learn new spells. I'm just going to say her spell book is her grimoire that she has from being a warlock. So she's not carrying around two separate books. She just got the one book. Now, spellcasting ability for her wizard spells is going to be intelligence. So spell save DC is 8 plus proficiency bonus plus her intelligence modifier. Her intelligence modifier is same as charisma right now, a plus 4, which means her spell save DC is also going to be a 14, and her spell attack modifier is also going to be a plus 6. Also, keep in mind that her air genasi spells, Shocking Grasp, Featherfall, Levitate, those use intelligence. Also, as a first level wizard, in addition to spellcasting, she has the ability Arcane Recovery. So once per day when she finishes a short rest, she can choose expended spell slots to recover that have a combined level equal to or less than half her wizard level rounded up. So what this means is since she is a first level wizard, she can take a short rest. So half of one rounded up is one. So she can take a short rest and recover one first level spell slot. Also, because she is a warlock, warlocks regain all of their spell slots after a short rest. So with arcane recovery, she can regain some of her regular spell slots and then her warlock spell slots as well. Very cool. Second level in Wizard, fifth overall, she is going to gain her Arcane Tradition, which is the Wizard subclass. So I think we are going to go with School of Necromancy. This was kind of a tough decision because School of Enchantment seemed fitting, Lore Mastery seemed fitting, but Necromancy just has uh, the most abilities that I think work best for her and best for this build. So we are going to go with School of Necromancy. So as a necromancer now, she has the ability Grim Harvest. So once per turn, when she kills one or more creatures with a spell of first level or higher, she regains hit points equal to twice the spell's level, or three times its level if the spell belongs to the School of Necromancy. So that pretty much just means if she uses a first level spell to kill a creature, she regains two hit points. If she uses a first level necromancy spell, she gains three hit points. So the reason I like this, just as with Dark One's Blessing from the Warlock subclass The Fiend, she gets stronger when she kills something. She gets healthier. So now she's going to gain temporary hit points and regular hit points whenever she kills a creature. That is so cool. And that's pretty awesome. Just suck the life right out of them. Delicious. We are going to go third level in wizard, that is sixth overall. She is just going to gain access to second level wizard spells. Fourth level in wizard, seventh overall. She is now going to gain an ability score improvement. I love ability score improvements, of course. So she can increase one ability score of her choice by two, or two ability scores of her choice by one. I think she's using intelligence and charisma a lot, so let's bump intelligence up from an 18 to a 20. Let's max it out and make that a plus five modifier now. Hell yeah, she's getting so strong. Um, I'm trying to think what level I want to go in in wizard. Uh, yeah, let's do fifth level in wizard. That is eighth overall. She's going to gain access to third level wizard spells. Great stuff there. Fireball, lightning bolt, fly. She can just learn the fly spell. Who needs a broom? <laughs> just use some of the magic and get going. Uh, sixth level in wizard. That's ninth overall. She's going to gain an arcane tradition feature from the school of necromancy called Undead Thralls. This is, well, I mean, Grim Harvest was part of the reason I wanted to take this, but mostly this ability, Undead Thralls. 
So now she just adds the Animate Dead spell to her spellbook. And when she casts Animate Dead, she can target one additional corpse or pile of bones, creating another zombie or skeleton respectively. When she creates an undead using a necromancy spell, it has additional benefits. The creature's hit point maximum is increased by an amount equal to her wizard level, which is 6, and the creature is going to add her proficiency bonus to its weapon damage rolls. She's a ninth level character, so that's a plus 4 to their damage rolls. And I wanted to pick this because remember her old flame, Billy, that cheated on her with her sister, and then she poisoned and sewed his lips up with a dull needle? You remember him? Yeah. So in the movie, she wakes him up. She she makes him rise from the grave so he can chase the children through a cemetery because they cannot step on the hollowed ground like the cemetery. They cannot follow them. But hey, a zombie, he can go for it. So in the movie, she can raise the dead. And now she has a spell specifically to raise the dead. And she can do it better than anyone else, giving them extra hit points, giving them extra damage. Ah, oh, she's so strong. I love it. Now I think we are going to go 10th level, 4th in Warlock. We are going back over to Warlock, and I think we are going to stay there. I think we're going to stay there to level 20. So... Fourth level Warlock, that is another ability score improvement. Let's just max out that charisma. So 18 charisma jumps up to a 20, which is a plus 5 modifier. Now both of her spellcasting abilities, Intelligence and Charisma, are maxed out. So good. Let's do fifth level in Warlock. She is going to gain another Eldritch Invocation. So let's see, now that she has Pact of the Tome, there are some other abilities that she can get. And I think we're going to go with Aspect of the Moon. So now she does not need to sleep anymore. She just doesn't need to sleep, and she can't be forced to sleep by any means. So to gain the benefit of a long rest, which is usually sleeping for eight hours, she can just spend all eight hours doing light activity, like reading her grimoire, keeping watch. But I like this because I, I, you can't catch Winnie sleeping. You can't do it. She awake all day. Let's do sixth level in Warlock, a uh, 12th overall. <laughs> not 11th, 12th overall, she's going to gain another otherworldly patron feature from The Fiend called Dark One's Own Luck. Not a huge fan of this ability. When Winifred makes an ability check or a saving throw, she can add a d10 to the roll. A, a d10's pretty good to add to an ability check or saving throw, but she can only use this once per short or long rest. So say she makes a... what is she bad at? Yeah, say she makes a stealth check and rolls a rolls a 10. That's not great. So she can add an additional d10 to that, potentially making that stealth check a success. That's great. But then she can't use it again until she until she like just hangs out for an hour. I mean, short rests are really great for her. She gets all of her warlock spells back, she gets Dark One's own luck back, she has arcane recovery to get some of her wizard spell slots back. But anyway, we are going to go 7th level in warlock, 13th overall. So she's now a stronger warlock than she is wizard. And she is going to gain another Eldritch Invocation. So let's see what she got. I'm thinking Trickster's Escape. So now she can cast Freedom of Movement once on herself without expending a spell slot. And she can do that once per long rest. But I like this because imagine trying to capture Winifred Sanderson. You know, you tie her up. You think, you think just like ropes... Or, or chains even are gonna hold Winifred Sanderson. She's just gonna use she's just gonna use a trickster's escape and just just wriggle on out of there. You you won't find anyone as wriggly as her. You can't do it. She's too wiggly wriggly. Get right out of those bindings. And I love that for her. Eighth level in Warlock, fourteenth overall. That is an ability score improvement. So we have intelligence and charisma maxed out. Should we increase anything else? Nah, probably not. We are instead going to pick a feat. 
So whenever you get an ability score improvement, instead of actually improving an ability score, you can choose to pick a feat, which is like a special ability. Let's see, what feat do we think is going to be fitting for her? I already have one in mind. Here we go. Poisoner, because she poisoned her beau, Billy Butcherson. And she's also just very good at making poisons and potions. So I think Poisoner reflects that pretty well. So now when she makes a damage roll that deals poison damage, it's going to ignore resistance to poison damage. So say she has the cantrip Poison Spray, which at this level is 3d12 damage. Well, it's going to ignore resistance. That's cool. Also, she can apply poison to a weapon or piece of ammunition as a bonus action instead of a full action. I don't think she's going to really utilize this because she's not fighting with weapons. Could you imagine Winifred Sanderson with a sword? They didn't include that in the movie because it's too scary. If you saw Winifred Sanderson with a sword, the, the entire audience would have shit their pants. It would have been a, a collective uh, pants shitting. It was gross. It's nasty. They couldn't do it. But anyway, she's going to gain proficiency with the Poisoner's Kit. With one hour of work using a Poisoner's Kit and expending 50 gold pieces worth of materials, she can create a number of doses of potent poison equal to her proficiency bonus. Proficiency bonus at 14th level is plus five, so she can create five doses of poison. Once applied to a weapon or piece of ammunition, the poison retains its potency for one minute or until she hits with the weapon or ammunition. When a creature takes damage from the coded weapon or ammunition, that creature has to succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or take 2d8 poison damage and become poisoned until the end of her next turn. Now, okay, I feel like how this is worded, the feat is very limiting. So I'm gonna take some creative liberties here because as is, that's kind of stupid. It's only good if you use weapons. Like, wizards can't poison people? <laughs> Excuse you? So instead of her having to apply it to weapons or ammunition, she can apply it to food. She can apply it to drinks. It's poison. Why the hell can't you do it? It's still going to retain its potency for one minute, but if a creature drinks or eats the poisoned food, just like with a weapon, they're going to make a DC 14 constitution saving throw or take 2d8 poison damage and become poisoned until the end of her next turn. So there we go. I fixed it. She can poison people. <laughs> Beautiful. You know she's going to take advantage of that too. She's just going to be in her cottage, whipping up poisons and testing them on her sisters. Let's do 9th level Warlock, 15th overall. That is going to be another Eldritch Invocation. And I have one in mind already. Let's take a peek here. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. This is called Gift of the Protectors. So now Winifred can write her name, the names of her sisters in her grimoire, in her book. And now... When any creature whose name is on this page is reduced to zero hit points, but not killed outright, the creature is going to magically drop to one hit point instead. Once this magic is triggered, no creature can benefit from it until she finishes a long rest. So once it activates, it doesn't matter if other people's names are written down there, they cannot benefit from the gift of the protectors. I love this. I Winifred... I mean, she's probably going to have her sisters write their names down and be like, oh, look how wonderful I am. I, me, the eldest sister, write your names in this book and you can never die. But you know she's only going to use it for herself. You know she's only going to use it on herself. But now, Winifred Sanderson, you think you got her down. She's just going to, she's going to get right back up. She's going to get up and she's going to murder you. And I like this because there is, there is a part in the movie where the kids lock the Sanderson sisters they're able to outsmart them and lock them in a big old oven and they set it they light them on fire and burn them alive but that does not kill them they return a little covered in soot but otherwise fine this is so creepy I think one of the in horror I'm not a huge fan of horror but in horror one of the scariest things is when you see the protagonist do everything right. 
they do everything right and it just doesn't matter you know like what's that movie it follows they they kind of do everything right and it it doesn't matter they can't stop what's coming after them you can do everything right you can't stop winifred sanderson from coming after you she's gonna get you get you get you get you one way or another okay like that song Anyway, 16th level, 10th in Warlock, that is an otherworldly patron feature called Fiendish Resilience. So now whenever Winnie finishes a short or long rest, she can choose one damage type. And until she chooses a different one, she's going to gain resistance to that damage type. So say she's like, oh, you know, I might get trapped in an oven today. I'm going to give myself resistance to fire damage. And then boom, she just has that resistance. So cool. 11th level in Warlock, 17th overall. She's going to gain her first Mystic Arcanum. So what this is... Warlock spell slots only go up to 5th level. That's it. They max out at 5th. But with a Mystic Arcanum, she learns one 6th level spell that she can use without expending a spell slot. So for this one, she might choose a spell like Create Undead or Investiture of Wind so she can just fly. <laughs> Mass Suggestion. Actually, Mass Suggestion would be very fitting, but just a 6th level Warlock spell that she can cast once without a spell slot, because she doesn't have a spell slot that powerful, is very cool. It is very cool. And once she uses her Arcanum spell, she has to finish a long rest before she can do so again. 12th level in Warlock, 18th overall, that is going to be another ability score improvement. We're going to pick another feat. So she's already got her poison, so she can poison as many people as she desires. I am going to give her the feet. Oh, would that be a good one? Yeah, I guess it makes sense, right? I'm going to give her the inspiring leader feet. So now she can spend 10 minutes inspiring her companions, shoring up their resolve to fight. And when she does so, she can choose up to six friendly creatures, which can include herself, within 30 feet of her, who can see or hear her, and who can understand her. And each creature is going to gain temporary hit points equal to her level plus her charisma modifier. Well, she's 18th level. Charisma modifier is plus five. So that is plus 23 temporary hit points. A creature can't gain temporary hit points from the Inspiring Leader feat again until it's finished a short or long rest. And I like this because she is a leader. She's a leader of the Sanderson sisters. There are some instances when her sister Mary is the one to kind of inspire Winifred, you know, make her feel better. But Winifred is really the one who is like, this is our goal. We have to accomplish it. We have to kill as many children as possible and devour them. You know, we gotta, we gotta make murder. We gotta make youth. We gotta poison. We gotta sew people's mouths shut and then bring them back to life. This is what we're doing. I think Inspiring Leader just makes sense for her. It, it's funny because I view the feat Inspiring Leader as like a heroic ability. Not, not really a villainous one, but anyone can be anything. It's fine. So boom, the Inspiring Leader feat. She is also at 12th level going to gain another Eldritch Invocation. She's, she's dripping in them. She's got Eldritch Invocation drippings. It's gorgeous. Oh, you know what I, you know what I should give her? Maybe I should have given it to her a, a while ago. Eldritch Mind. I can't believe I forgot to do that. So now she's going to have advantage on constitution saving throws that she makes to maintain her concentration on a spell. There are some spells in D&D, some powerful spells, where you have to keep concentrating on them or else the spell ends. Well, now she's going to have advantage on on those saving throws, maintaining her concentration more often than your regular witch would be able to. 13th level in Warlock, 19th overall, that is going to be a 7th level Mystic Arcanum. So now she has a 6th level Mystic Arcanum and a 7th level as well. So she can just pick any 7th level spell from the Warlock spell list. Probably Finger of Death 
just because it's such a cool spell. A target has to make a constitution saving throw, and on a failed save, it takes 7d8 plus 30 necrotic damage. And if this kills a humanoid, they're going to just rise as a zombie. <laughs> they're just gonna turn into a zombie. That's very fun. So now, 14th level in Warlock. The 20th level, the final level of Winifred Sanderson. She's going to get an otherworldly patron feature from the Fiend. The final one of the Fiend subclass called Hurl Through Hell. And I, ju I just love this. So now, when Winifred hits a creature with an attack, like if she's attacking with Eldritch Blast or Scorching Ray or Lightning or Shocking Grasp, something that has an attack roll, and it hits a creature, she can use the Hurl Through Hell feature to instantly transport the target through the lower planes. The creature going to disappear and then hurdle through hell. Literally, just as it says, hurl through hell, she hurls someone through hell. She like teleports them down there and they just hurdle through this nightmare landscape. Then at the end of Winifred's next turn, the target is going to return to the space it previously occupied. And because they'd sent through hell, they're going to take 10d10 psychic damage. I love that it doesn't require a saving throw. If you hit them, you can automatically just give them 10d10 damage. That's awesome. And she can do that once per long rest. Which makes sense, because if she could do that every short rest, that would be way overpowered. And long rests for her, there's still eight hours, but she doesn't need to sleep. So she can brew potions. She can copy spells into her spell book. She can do plenty during her long rest. And then at the end of that eight hours, she can just send someone to hell again for, for like a few seconds. I love that. That's so cool. So that is Winifred Sanderson, the eldest Sanderson sister. Background, Acolyte. Race, Air Genasi. She is a level 14 Fiend Warlock and a level 6 Necromancy Wizard. Her ending stats are 12 Strength, 10 Dexterity, 13 Constitution, 20 Intelligence, 14 Wisdom, and 20 Charisma maxed out. Both of those, I love that. For skill proficiencies, she has plus 11 to Arcana, plus 8 to Insight, plus 11 to Intimidation, and plus 11 to Religion. Not, not many skill proficiencies there. 4 is on the really low end of things. And I, I could have given her other skill proficiencies through like Eldritch Invocations or some multi-classes, but I'm happy with how the classes worked out. For saving throws, she has plus 8 to Wisdom and plus 11 to Charisma saving throws. Very good there. And she only has plus 1 to Constitution saving throws, but because of the Eldritch Mind, Eldritch Invocation, she's going to have advantage on those Constitution saving throws to maintain concentration on her spells. So yeah, she only has a plus 1, but it's going to be with advantage. That's great. Languages, she has common, demonic, infernal, and primordial. Some, some spooky languages. Tool proficiencies, she's proficient in the Poisoner's Kit, so she can make poisons. And for feats, she has Poisoner and Inspiring Leader. So my idea of Winifred Sanderson, okay? She's, she's at home looking through her book. Her sisters are out collecting herbs and ingredients because you think Winifred, the eldest Sanderson, you, th you think she is going to collect her own ingredients? Hell nah. Sarah and Mary are out there d doing the foraging for her. And wouldn't you know it, an angry mob has gathered outside of her cottage. This is like the third time in as many weeks, okay? She's very annoyed with it. This, this is old hat at this point. So she calmly walks outside and she says, yes. And the mob is like, hey, you're a witch. We're gonna burn you. And Winnie's all like, well, 
thou can try. Then she uses her mystic arcanum finger of death to kill him instantly, raise him as a zombie, and start attacking the other people. She casts fly on herself. She's just zooming above them. One of them, just for the fun of it, she hits with an eldritch blast and then sends them hurtling through hell. And once they're dead, she uses animate dead to just raise their bodies. The more she kills, the more zombies she's able to make. And additionally, when she kills one of these hostile creatures, she is going to gain temporary hit points from Dark One's Blessing from the Fiend subclass, equal to her charisma modifier plus her warlock level. So whenever she reduces a hostile creature to zero hit points, she's going to gain 19 hit points. That's pretty damn good! And from the school of necromancy, Grim Harvest, if she uses a necromancy spell, like Finger of Death, that's a 7th level necromancy spell, she's going to regain 21 hit points. So she's getting temporary hit points from the Fiend, regaining hit points from the school of necromancy, and she's just mowing them all down. Okay, her sisters come back and Mary's like, Woody, you killed them all. And Winifred just kind of shrugs and goes back inside. I, I don't have a, a big thing, like a big confrontation for Winifred Sanderson, because who in their right mind, okay? Who in their right mind would attack Winifred Sanderson if not in a mob? Which is a huge mistake because that just gives more opportunities for her to one, create zombies, two, gain hit points, three, gain temporary hit points, and four, just have some fun. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fantasize Me. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod and email in character suggestions to FantasizeMePod at gmail.com. I want to hear your suggestions. There is still time for you to suggest a Halloween character for me to do for October. Because as I mentioned earlier, there is going to be a regularly scheduled episode every Monday in October that is Halloween themed, and a bonus Halloween episode every Thursday in October. It just so happens there are five Mondays this month, so that is going to be nine Halloween themed episodes. Email in your suggestions to see who you want to see turned into a D&D character. But also, you can go back and check my last Halloween spooktacular for such characters as Jack Skellington, Lizzie Borden, Morticia Adams, Beetlejuice. Check that out as well. I've been streaming on Twitch. If you want to, if you enjoy my voice, you can hear it more on twitch.tv slash fantasizemepod. Uh, freaking, uh, freaking what else? Eh, that's probably it. Anyway, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your friends' enemies. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll do this again, not next week, but in a few days. <laughs> Bye!